I want to make one thing perfectly clear. This show is not about lumberjacks. My name is Christopher Grunland, and every month I share a story. Sometimes the stories contain truths, but most of the time they're made up. Sometimes the stories are funny, other times they're serious. But you have my word about one thing. I will never, ever share a story about lumberjacks. This time, a professional wrestler can't remember who he is after hitting his head against the ring post during a match in Mexico City. All right, let's get to work. El Concusso. The crowd went wild when El Concusso climbed to the top rope. 14 minutes into the third round in a match against Ultimo Tigre, they were about to get what they came for. El Concusso was about to execute his finishing move, La Bamba Concussor, the combination of a suplex and DDT from the top rope that dropped his opponents head first to the center of the ring. He grabbed the waistband of Ultimo Tigre's spandex tights, making sure he had the necessary leverage to launch them both through the air and down to the mat. But when El Concusso lifted his masked foe, he lost his footing. Ultimo Tigre crashed harmlessly to the wrestling ring. El Concusso was not so lucky. His right foot ended up hooked beneath the second rope. His head slammed against the back of the ring post. Hard. The crowd, upside down from his point of view, looked on in horror. Even with the laces on the back of his wrestling mask cushioning the blow, it sounded like bone-on-steel when his head hit. Just before blacking out, El Concusso thought, this isn't how I wanted to go. El Concusso came to in the hospital. He opened his eyes to a friendly blonde nurse looking down on him with a genuine concern he had never experienced before. She looked familiar. He could see himself dating her, ultimately marrying her, maybe even having a daughter together. For her, he'd give up wrestling to start a nice little family and share dreams of something more. She looked at him and said, Hey you, esta noche escuela? The word sounded muffled, as though spoken through a pillow. I don't speak Spanish, he said. I didn't say anything in Spanish. I asked if you remembered what happened. I lost my footing, and then I hit my head on the ring post. The nurse looked confused. The ring post? Yes, in the wrestling ring. I was wrestling Ultimo Tigre. I slipped on the top rope. The nurse looked concerned. What is your name? El Concusso. You're scaring me, Darren. What is your name? A good luchador does not reveal his name, but for the sake of medical records, I will tell you. I am Manuel Galan, better known as El Concusso. I'm getting the nurse. El Concusso watched the pretty blonde make her way to the door. I thought you were a nurse. She stopped and said, I'm your wife. It all came back later that evening when he was more lucid. He wasn't a wrestler, and the pretty blonde wasn't a nurse. She was his wife, Marissa. They were on their honeymoon in Mexico. Marissa wanted to go to Disney World, but he said no. The sounds and colors of the Magic Kingdom from a childhood visit still assaulted his senses years later. Each night as he tried falling asleep, there it was, 
A loud psychedelic parade of encephalitic cartoon characters mocking him. He wanted to punch a raccoon character in the face and kick Goofy in the nuts. The thought of going there as an adult was maddening. He vowed to see Disney World again only when he had a child, and then, just to dump the same colorful hell that stuck in his mind into the mind of his firstborn. He planned to make it a sick and colorful rite of passage for the McKellen clan. I remember, Darren said. Marissa rose from her chair to go get a doctor, but he seized her hand and wouldn't let her go. We're on our honeymoon in Mexico. You humored me and sat through a night of Lucha Libra wrestling. Marissa laughed. I still don't get how Disney World is too loud and colorful compared to that. Darren continued. Then we were swimming. I was coming out of the lagoon and saw you with the camera, knowing the photo was going on Facebook. I didn't want you to take the picture. I was already imagining the Facebook caption. Deep from the depths of Mayan waters, something pudgy stirs. You're not pudgy. He patted his belly. As long as there's good Mexican food to be had, I'm pudgy. What else do you remember? I remember slipping on the rocks right after you took the photo, Darren said. I saw my feet out in front of me in the air. And then everything went black. That's not what happened. December 21st, 2012. The Apocalypse. Yarluck. Ah, Haku! With those two words, the beginning of the end had finally come. They stood at the top of a Mayan temple, two gods whose final battle would bring it all down. Civilizations would topple, oceans would rise from their beds, the very air that life on earth once breathed would turn to flame. The final moments of everything a planet ever was would soon be reduced to nothing, not even a memory. That's the way it was supposed to work, at least. But Yaluk slipped on the wet steps of the temple and hit his head, leaving Apaku without a final foe. The God of Thunder looked down on the God of Lightning and said, Dude, you friggin' suck. It wasn't the lagoon, Darren said as he came to in the hospital bed. We were climbing the steps of that Mayan temple in the rain. I slipped and hit my head. Marissa said, you didn't slip on any stairs. Darren at least recognized his wife as his wife. No longer did he confuse her with a nurse. I remember hitting my head, though. I remember... The words trailed off, and for a moment, Darren wondered if that's what it felt like to be 97 years old. Would he one day be telling a story to a stranger and forget what he was saying in mid-thought? What do you remember, Marissa said. I won't be like this at 97. Do you want me to go get the doctor? No. There's just something right there. He reached out with his hand a couple feet in front of his face. There's so much there, just a jumbled pile of thoughts, and... I remember. I remember being on the ceiling in the truck. It was raining. The truck slipped and I hit my head. I was in a wreck on I-30. Marissa hugged him. He thought she'd never let go, and that was fine with him. She put up with his love of lounge music, Japanese cartoon, and strange short stories. Hell, Marissa even sat through an evening of Lucha Libra wrestling in Mexico City for him. He wouldn't have to worry about being 97 and forgetting a thing. Marissa would be there. His daughter Alice would be there too. 
Even if he ended up forgetting bits and pieces of all his stories, they'd remember for him, or at least humor him as he turned twisted memories and stories together into half-truths that mattered to him. With the loss of traction on a wet road, his life had instantly become a revision, a reminder of what could have been. Funny thing, physics and luck. Every morning he woke up would be a reminder of the day he almost lost his head. Every morning would be his second chance to make his story even better. He was released later that day. No wheelchair for Darren McKellen. He walked out on his own, occasionally staggering and lagging behind his wife. When he shouted, Yaluk! and thrust his hands out in front of his chest, Marissa said, What the hell are you doing? Just testing something. Lightning. You think you have superpowers, don't you? He watched the dark clouds that had been there since morning part, knowing he would never take his godly throne in the clouds. I just figured, you know, you suffer something traumatic like rolling your truck, you should get superpowers. Well, maybe you'll get a heightened memory so you remember to stop leaving your socks on the floor. He stopped walking, lost in deep thought. Marissa hovered, waiting to see if she needed to help him. You know, the more I think about it, I don't have superpowers. They made their way to Marissa's Kia Sorrento. She kissed him on the cheek. You still better pick up your socks. After tucking Alice in for the night, Darren and Marissa curled up together in bed. It hurt when she hugged him, but he gritted his teeth and took it. He wasn't going to let a concussion, shoulder contusion, and bruised ribs get in the way of love. Marissa let go of everything that ached and kissed him on the forehead, making all the pain go away. Do you need anything before bed, she said? Yeah, I have a strange request. Sometimes, just around the house, can you call me El Concusso? Um, sure. But definitely not in the bedroom, she said. Damn, I was hoping you'd let me get a wrestling mask. Sexy. You need to get some sleep. Marissa kissed him again, and then rolled over and turned out the light. He lay in the dark with his eyes wide open, half expecting to wake up in a hospital bed. When it was clear that he was home and Marissa and Alice were asleep, he finally joined them, falling quickly into a dream about pile-driving Goofy through a table at Disney World, while his wife and daughter laughed. A big thank you for listening to Not About Lumberjacks. Theme music by Ergo Fizmiz, and all other music by Chad Crouch, a.k.a. Poddington Bear, released under a Creative Commons license. Not About Lumberjacks is also released under a Creative Commons license. Visit nolumberjacks.com for information about the show, the voice, talent, and music. Next month, a kid's party clown finally comes to grips with what he's become. Until next time, be mighty and keep your axes sharp.